With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. What does it mean to be rooted? That was among the questions Robin Moreno began to ask as she emerged from the nonstop hustle that had defined the early chapters of her life. She was disconnected from her family, from herself, and she began a journey to reclaim her life one that would begin her practice of coranderismo, bring her face to face with her ancestors, and require her to get sober. Robin has put it all in her beautiful new book, Get Rooted, Reclaim Your Soul, Serenity, and Sisterhood Through the Healing Medicine of the Grandmothers. The first part of our conversation is about Robin's own journey, and the latter is Robin generously walking us through a practice that you can use to get rooted today. Robin, I am so excited for this conversation. Oh my God, Alicia, I am too. I'm so excited and nervous. I'm nervous too. Well, part of the reason why you're nervous is because you know what it is like to be on the other side of this. You are more accustomed to being the journalist, to be the one asking the questions. I want to talk about your pre-life, about everything that preceded this desire to transform and reclaim and find yourself. What did your life, specifically your professional life, look like? It looked pretty good. That was the thing, is it looked really good and shiny probably on the outside, right? So I, for many years, like over 20 years, I was in media. I was an editor-in-chief. I founded things. I was a host. I was nominated for an Emmy. I was on morning shows like dozens of times. And it was good. It was all really good and worthy. But a lot of times, I wasn't showing the full picture. And what was happening internally or off the scenes with my family, with me, was actually pretty hard. Go back in time about 30 years ago, when I was 13 years old, my dad died. And it was dramatic in the sense that it was late-stage diagnosed cancer. 
from diagnosis to death was 260 days. And it just just wrecked our family. It just wrecked our family. And we didn't have therapy. We didn't have any coping mechanisms. And so I think that probably somewhere along there, I learned that achieving and performing was going to fill probably this hole I had, and it kept reinforcing itself. And it it lasted for a long time until it stopped working. Tell me about when you realized that that survival mechanism was no longer working and no longer served you. You know, there was just a series of what I would call like rock bottom moments in this sort of like mom boss era, like trying to run a company that was, you know, struggling and I was doing a lot of forward facing things, but I was commuting four hours a day. I had little kids that I would never see. And there was like one instance where it was our company Christmas party. And it was the same day as my daughter's big like Christmas recital. And she was like four years old and had been practicing Let It Snow and all these songs for it's like really so cute for like months and like weeks. And it was like, okay, mama, I'm doing this. And it was on the exact same day. And I was like, oh man. And I felt really obliged that I had to go and show up, be a leader and be a people leader. And so I didn't go to her event. I set my sister as a proxy and I had it all planned out because I know how to, you know, I was like, I know how to figure this out. It's all figure outable. Look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to call you and you FaceTime me and I can do it all. I'm the superwoman. I can do everything. So I was at this party, drinking a lot, grabbed my white wine took it to the bathroom. I'm in the stall. I have my white wine like sitting on that silver like toilet paper dispenser. And I put on my FaceTime and my daughter is sinking and I'm not there. I'm not there. And I felt like in my life, I wasn't there. I'm missing it. I'm missing my life. And so I was like, I just, I couldn't, you can't unknow what you know. And I was like, I had such a hard childhood that I can't do that to my kids. Like we see hashtags like, you know, generational trauma and I'm going to change things and I'm going to be the like, you know, breaker of cycles. And it's like, but what do you do? Right? How is this not a meme? And it's an action. And so the action I took most immediately was I left that position. I went back into freelancing and I had to take a really hard, honest look at my life and figure it out where I sort of went wrong, and how I could sort of right myself again. Crying now is I cried multiple times, as I told you, on public transportation while (laughs) while reading the book, because I don't know anyone for whom that doesn't resonate on some level. And in in this project of reclaiming your life, of unpacking trauma and loss, you introduce us to two terms, which I wasn't familiar with and which I think are really helpful as we each think about our own journey. And those two terms are susto, Mm -hmm. which I think translates to fright, but you describe it more as soul loss. Yes. Which, ooh. And then this idea of sur, of like, what is your truest, most authentic self, your whole self, your unbreakable self, you. And then what, you you come to us that your gran susto is not just the loss of your dad. No. But really the specific conditions around losing him. And then the response you have to how you think you are going to make your family whole. 
Exactly. That's exactly right. Because after I left this big job, I went to Mexico. My cousin invited me and I was sitting on the beach and I'm still reeling because, you know, I'm sort of coming back into myself and like, oh my God, what's next? What do I do? And all my instincts are fill it with something. And people are like, get another job. You can't just leave something. You've got to land somewhere else. And I knew that in my body, I was not prepared to take anything on except heal myself. I've always been a spiritual seeker. At least, yeah, I have like two yoga certifications. I've been on eight-day, you know, silent retreats. I lead meditation. But at this moment, I actually rediscovered a medicina that was from my own Mexican-American lineage, and it's called curanderismo. And so my great-grandmother was what they would call a curandera, like a healer. And so there's this book called Woman Who Glows in the Dark, and it's written by this very famous curandera. She's from El Paso. I felt very similar to her. I'm a Tejana. American-born Latina, and she was a nurse, but she rediscovers this medicina called curanderismo. And in it, she talks about this condition called susto. And when I read these words, this completely changed my life because I like, this is what I have. And she said something like, this is, it's a soul loss. When a piece of you has like a trauma, you either freeze or you fly away. And that piece of you is gone and you feel a sense of incompletion. And at this point in my life, I mean, I had done therapy, I had done all these things, but when I heard these words, susto, my soul is gone. There's a piece of me that feels incomplete. I said, that's it. That's it. That's what I have. And it felt like someone that maybe has like those undiagnosable illnesses and you go everywhere and you wish somebody would just tell you what you had. And then when I read those words, in my sort of own language, in my own culture, I said, that's exactly what it is. I have a soul loss. I have a soul loss. And so what you do for a soul loss is you do a soul retrieval. And so you try to get your soul back. And so I mapped out this plan for myself. And I'm a planner. I still made it a project because that's how I am. I was like, even my healing is going to be work. And I made this plan. And I was like, for the next like nine months, 260 days, it's a gestation period of a baby. I'm going to go back in time and figure out where did I lose myself? Where are the pieces that I left myself? And how can I retrieve them? And that's what I tried to do. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swathers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swathers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pampers Swathers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the elephant and Freddy the duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. 
And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. We'll get into some of the how of that in a little bit. Another thing that really popped out to me was that alcohol is almost a subplot of the book. Yes. And you write beautifully about the first time you drank alcohol and the two lessons you took away. Can you share what that experience was and then the lessons that you learned? Yeah. So my dad died when I was 13, which is a very, it's a transformational number, right? So it's a number of transformation. And he died on Valentine's Day. And he was like our heart. So it was always like this heartbrokenness. And literally like two months after that, I had a boyfriend and he was super cute. And he worked at like at a furniture store. And he's like, we're going to go to the town fair. And we're going to, he saved up all his money. He worked on weekends. And I bought like a new top. And so we went out and it was like brisk and beautiful and cool. And it was like, you could just, it was alive, you know, and there was like cotton candy and sausage on a stick and his brothers gave us beer. And I had never had alcohol, like maybe a sip there from my dad's beer, but I had never drank alcohol before. And I drank this beer and immediately, Alicia, I was, must have been in so much pain because my dad probably died eight weeks before. We didn't have therapy. We didn't talk about it. We put black clothes on. We went back to work. I mean, school, nobody asked me how I was. And something about that alcohol, I just was gone. I was out of my body. I was free. I was not in pain. I was like, this is so buoyant. I'm so big and free from all of this. And I don't want to come back. And so I just kept drinking and drinking beer and I threw up and I was like, man, I was throwing up like all of this stuff. And my boyfriend was like, well, what happened to you? We've been planning this. And like, I have all these tickets and we're supposed to ride the bumper cars. Like, what's going on? And I feel like in that moment, I learned two lessons that were so painful that I could lose myself in drinking. And I learned to live with disappointing myself. Your first Olympia, which you referenced, Patty, your cousin, asks you what you want to let go of. And your answer is, my guilt that I couldn't save everyone, my anger at myself for always wanting to try, and my ghostly sadness that always lied beneath. Guess my question is, that is a lot to let go of, given that that at some point constituted your sense of who you were. What has it required of you to actually stay committed to not living in that survival mechanism? You know, that it's a daily process. And that's what I do in Get Rooted, right? It's like I do it every single day where I try to come home to myself. 
Kurdenismo, interestingly enough, it's, there's a root word, and it's gura. And for the longest time, I thought gura means to cure. And I think maybe it does, but that always was very daunting to me. So I was really scared to walk this path of being a helper healer because I was like, how can I help anybody? I can barely help myself. But I found another definition, and that means to care for. And I was like, I can do that. I can do that. Every day, I can care for myself. And I can show up for myself. And so for today, that actually means not drinking alcohol. That's probably the first and foremost thing. And the next is, I don't try to save anybody. That's not my job. I think so many times when we come from families of trauma, we have such a loss of control that we want to control things. Like I see myself wanting to control when we see, and then as Latinas, there's so much to change and we want to change all the things, right? And I think the intentions are good, but I think it can be unhealthy if we are going outside of ourselves, pushing ourselves too hard to the point that we're hurting ourselves. And that way we're not being helpful. And that way, the most honest thing we can do is actually care for ourselves. And so that's what I try to do humbly and honestly and gently every day is just try to do right by myself. I try to show up. I don't drink one day at a time. I try to be a good parent. When I don't, I apologize. I go to therapy. I apologize a lot. I forgive myself a lot. And I let go a lot. I let go. The limpia is about letting go. And that way, that ghostly sadness, I've always had. I meet it where it is and I invite it in. I don't push it away. But we also invite joy, joy and presence, possibility. And that's what happens when you have susto is that it steals your joy. It steals your presence. You're not there. And who could we be if we allowed ourselves to be seen fully and just were honest, you know, and just tried and, and let go of that. And so we wash it away. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Robin, I want to make sure we walk through at least one of the practices. Tell me about the four paths to rootedness. The Aztecs who did not call themselves Aztecs, the Mexica, our ancient Mesoamerican ancestors, they had this saying that the world was slippery slick, right? They believed that the world was not stable. It was not stable. And that was a fundamental condition of life. And it sucks. You fall. It's slippery. But... They also believed in a word, they had a root called natalitsli. It's a Nahuatl word, and it means to be well-rooted. And so there's this amazing professor, his name is Dr. Sebastian Purcell, and he, and I'm sure many people before him, right, said that the ancient Mexica had four ways to stay rooted. So the first one was to be in your body, to move your body, to come back to your body. And this really resonates with me because a lot of times anxiety, stress, worry, susto, it's a racing mind. And so like breathing, dropping in, feeling your hips, like walking around, moving, like honoring, listening is like 
the number one way to get rooted. The second way is to balance your emotions, right? So it's to balance like your mind and your heart. And so in Kurundarismo, we do that with limpia. We like inhale and exhale. We do energetic cleansings. Um, I do it on the out breath. We could do it with journaling. But it's this idea we're talking about. Like, what are you, what are you ready to let go of today? Like, what are you not going to carry around anymore? You've been carrying some shit for a long time. Like, when will you give yourself a break and just let that go? Whether it's a limpia, whether you write it in a piece of paper, you throw it in the river. The third way is community. Like, we need each other. This path, I did not do alone. I didn't do any of this alone. I have been, people have been generous, Alicia, beyond measure. Be so generous with their time, with their energy, with their knowledge, with their willingness. And we have to learn to ask for help because a lot of times I didn't feel like I could ask for help. I was scared to ask for help. I didn't want to be honest about what was happening with me. I thought I could do it all, which is sort of, it's very ego-based, you know? It's much more vulnerable to be like, I need help. And then the last path is connection to spirit as you understand it, right? For me, it's nature. It's very simply, I go outside, I put my feet on the grass, I get rooted, I look up, I like bask in the sun, I feel the warmth, I feel the infusion from the top of my head, right? Just warming my face, going down my neck, relaxing the shoulders, shining through the heart, breaking through all that tightness, all that worry, all that stress just like a beam, just lets it go. I feel that in my solar plexus. And then I have will, I have energy, I have belief that I can do this, right? We can do this together. And so that's what I do. And hopefully that's of service to people. I cannot tell you how much it has already changed my thinking. I hope you know the gift that you are giving others simply by flipping some of these paradigms that we as Latinas hold it, right? This idea that asking for help is a show of weakness rather than a show of strength. I think even those pieces of it are going to change lives. I hope so. I'm really grateful and I can't help if I'm hiding, right? And the, the truest thing I had was my story. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know what? This is it. This is what happened. This is how I went. This is how it's going. I think you'll relate. I'm always hungry to see myself somewhere. And so very much, I hope that me, as scared as I am, as like still so raw and tender, if I can just stand up and say, look, this happened. This is what I'm doing. If it can be of service to you, like, let's do this together. Let's heal together. Then it's all worth it. Robin, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Cochin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.